0: Act 5 of Henry V. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit librivox.org. Henry the 5th by William Shakespeare. Act 5. Prologue. Enter chorus. vouchsafe to those that have not read the story that i may prompt them and of such as have i humbly pray them to admit the excuse of time of numbers and due course of things which cannot in their huge and proper life be here presented now we bear the king toward calais grant him there there seen heave him away upon your winged thoughts athwart the sea behold the english beach pales in the flood with men with wives and boys whose shouts and claps outvoice the deep-mouthed sea which like a mighty whiffler for the king seems to prepare his way so let him land and solemnly see him set on to london so swift a pace hath thought that even now you may imagine him upon blackheath where that his lords desire him to have borne his bruised helmet and his bended sword before him through the city he forbids it being free from vainness and self-glorious pride giving full trophy signal and ostent quite from himself to god but now behold in the quick forge and working-house of thought how london doth pour out her citizens the mayor and all his brethren in best sort like to the senators of the antique rome with the plebeians swarming at their heels go forth and fetch their conquering caesar in as by a lower but loving likelihood were now the general of our gracious empress as in good time he may from ireland coming bringing rebellion broached on his sword how many would the peaceful city quit to welcome him much more and much more cause did they this harry now in London place him, as yet the lamentation of the French invites the King of England's stay at home, the Emperor's coming in behalf of France, to order peace between them, and omit all the occurrences, whatever chanced, till Harry's back return again to France. There must we bring him, and myself have played the interim by remembering you tis past. Then, and your eyes advance after your thoughts straight back again to france exit scene i france the english camp enter fluellen and gower
1: nay that's right but why wear you your leek to-day st davy's day is past
2: Two, there is occasions and causes why and wherefore in all things i will tell you as my friend captain gower the rascally scald beggarly lousy pragging knave pistol which you and yourself and all the old know to be no better than a fellow look you now of no merits he is come to me and brings me bread and salt yesterday look you and bid me eat my leek it was in place where i could not breed no contention with him but i will be so bold as to wear it in my cap till i see him once again and then i will tell him a little piece of my desires Enter Pistol.
1: why here he comes swelling like a turkey-cock
2: tis no matter for his swellings nor his turkey-cocks God bless you, ancient pistol, you scurvy, lousy knave! God bless you! Ah!
3: Art thou bedlam? Dost thou thirst, base Trojan, to have me
2: fold up Parker's fatal web? Hence, I am quamish at the smell of leek. I beseech you heartily, scurvy, lousy knave, at my desires, and my requests, and my petitions, to eat, look you, this leek! because luchio you do not love it nor your affections and your appetites and your digestions does not agree with it i would desire you to eat it not for cadwallader and all his goats there is one goat for you <coughs> will you be so good skald knave as eat it by strojan thou shalt die you say very true scald knave when god's will is i will desire you to live in the meantime and eat your victuals come there is sauce for it you called me yesterday mountain squire but i will make you today a squire of low degree i pray you fall to if you can mock a leek you can eat a
1: leek enough captain you have astonished him
2: i say i will make him eat some part of my leek or i will peat his pate four days Bite, I pray you. It is good for your green wound and your bloody coxcomb. <laughs> Must I bite? Yes, certainly, and out of doubt, and out of question too, and ambiguities. By this link, I
3: will make revenge. I, ain't late, I swear.
2: Eat, I pray you. Will you have some more sauce to your leek? There is not enough leek to swear by. Quiet thy cudgel. They're the three I eat. Much good do you, scald knave, hattily. Nay, pray you, throw none away. The skin is good for your broken coxcomb. <gasps> when you take occasions to see leeks hereafter, I pray you, Mock at them, that is all <laughs> Ay, leeks is good. Hold you, there is a groat to heal your pate. <laughs> Me a groat? Yes, verily, and in truth you shall take it, or I have another leek in my pocket, which you shall eat. I take thy groat in
3: earnest of revenge.
2: If I owe you anything, I will pay you in cudgels. You shall be a woodmonger, and buy nothing of me but cudgels. god be with you, and keep you, and heal your pit. <laughs> Exit. Oh, hell! Shall for this?
1: Go, go! You are a counterfeit, cowardly knave. Will you mock at an ancient tradition, begun upon an honourable respect, and worn as a memorable trophy of predeceased valour, and dare not avouch in your deeds, any of your words? I have seen you gleeking and galling at this gentleman twice or thrice. You thought, because he could not speak English in the native garb, he could not therefore handle an English cudgel. You find it otherwise, and henceforth let a Welsh correction. Teach you a good English condition. Fare ye well.
0: Exit.
3: Doth fortune play the housewife with me now? News have I that my knell is dead in the spittle of the malady of France, and there my rendezvous is quite cut off. Old do I wax, and from my weary limbs honour is cudgelled. Well, board, old will turn, and something lean to cuppers of quick hand. To England will I steal, and there I'll steal, and patches will I get unto these cudgelled scars, and swear I got them in the Gallia wars
0: <laughs> exit scene two France, a royal palace. Enter at one door King Henry, Exeter, Bedford, Gloucester, Warwick, Westmoreland, and other lords, at another the French King, Queen Isabel, the Princess Catherine, Alice, and other ladies, the Duke of Burgundy and his train.
4: Peace to this meeting wherefore we are met. Unto our brother France and to our sister, health and fair time of day, joy and good wishes to our most fair and princely cousin Catherine and as a branch and member of this royalty by whom this great assembly is contrived we do salute you duke of burgundy and princes french and peers health to you all
5: right joyous are we to behold your face most worthy brother england fairly met so are you princes english every one
6: so happy be the issue brother england of this good day and of this gracious meeting as we are now glad to behold your eyes your eyes which hitherto have borne in them against the french they met them in their bent the fatal balls of murdering basilisks the venoms of such looks we fairly hope have lost their quality and that this day shall change all griefs and quarrels into love to cry
4: amen to that thus we appear
6: you english princes all i do salute you
3: my duty to you both on equal love great kings of france and england that i have laboured with all my wits my pains and strong endeavours to bring your most imperial majesties unto this bar and royal interview your mightiness on both parts best can witness since then my office hath so far prevailed that face to face and royal eye to eye you have concreted let it not disgrace me if i demand before this royal view what rub or what impediment there is why that the naked, poor, and mangled peace, dear nurse of arts and joyful births, should not in this best garden of the world our fertile France put up her lovely visage. Alas, she hath from France too long been chased, and all her husbandry doth lie in heaps, corrupting in its own fertility. Her vine, the merry cheerer of the heart, unpruned dies, her hedges even bleached, like prisoners widely overgrown with hair, put forth disordered twigs. Her fallow lees, the darnel, hemlock, and rank fumatori doth root upon, while that the quarter rusts that should deracinate such savagery. The even mead, that erst brought sweetly forth the freckled cowslip, burnet, and green clover, wanting the scythe, all uncorrected, rank, conceives by idleness, and nothing teems but hateful docks, rough thistles, kexes, burrs, losing both beauty and utility. And as our vineyards, fallows, meads, and hedges, defective in their natures, grow to wildness, even so our houses and ourselves and children have lost, or do not learn for want of time, the sciences that should become our country, but grow like savages as soldiers will that nothing do but meditate on blood to swearing and stern looks to fused attire and everything that seems unnatural which to reduce into our former favour you are assembled and my speech entreats that i may know the let while gentle peace should not expel these inconveniences and bless us with her former qualities
4: if duke of burgundy you would the peace Whose want gives growth to the imperfections which you have cited, you must buy that piece with full accord to all our just demands, whose tenors and particular effects you have in scheduled briefly in your hands.
3: The king hath heard some, to the which as yet there is no answer made.
4: Well then, the peace which you before so urged lies in his answer.
5: I have but with a cursory eye or glance the articles pleaseth your grace to appoint some of your council presently to sit with us once more with better heed to re-survey them we will suddenly pass our accept and peremptory answer
4: brother we shall go uncle exeter and brother clarence and you brother gloucester warwick and huntington go with the king and take with you free power to ratify augment or alter as your wisdom's best shall see advantageable for our dignity anything in or out of our demands, and we'll consign thereto. Will you, fair sister, go with the princes, or stay here with us?
6: Our gracious brother, I will go with them. Haply a woman's voice may do some good when articles too nicely urged be stood on.
4: Yet leave our cousin Catherine here with us. She is our capital demand, comprised within the full rank of our articles.
6: She hath good leave.
0: Exeunt all except Henry, Catherine, and Alice
4: fair catherine and most fair will you vouchsafe to teach a soldier terms such as will enter at a lady's ear and plead his love-suit to her gentle heart
7: your majesty shall mock at me i cannot speak your england
4: oh fair catherine if you will love me soundly with your french heart i will be glad to hear you confess it brokenly with your english tongue do you like me kate
7: pardonnez-moi i cannot tell vatis like me
4: an angel is like you kate and you are like an angel
7: que dit-il que je suis semblable à les anges oui vraiment sauf votre grâce ainsi dit-il
4: i said so dear catherine and i must not blush to affirm it
7: oh bon dieu les langues des hommes sont pleines de tromperies
4: what says she fair one that the tongues of men are full of deceits
7: oui that the tongue of the man is be full of deceit that is a princess
4: the princess is the better englishwoman if faith kate my wooing is fit for thy understanding i am glad thou canst speak no better english for if thou couldst thou wouldst find me such a plain king that thou wouldst think i had sold my farm to buy my crown i know no ways to mince it in love but directly to say i love you then if you urge me farther than to say do you in faith i wear out my suit give me your answer if faith do and so clap hands in a bargain how say you lady
7: sauf votre honneur me understands well
4: mary if you would put me to verses or to dance for your sake kate why you undid me for the one i have neither words nor measure and for the other i have no strength in measure yet a reasonable measure in strength if I could win a lady at leap-frog, or by vaulting into my saddle with my armour on my back, under the correction of bragging be it spoken, I should quickly leap into a wife. Or if I might buffet for my love, or bound my horse for her favours, I could lay on like a butcher and sit like a jackanapes, never off. But before God, Kate, I cannot look greenly nor gasp out my eloquence, nor have I no cunning in protestation only downright oaths which i never use till urged nor never break for urging if thou canst love a fellow of this temper kate whose face is not worth sunburning, that never looks in his glass for love of anything he sees there let thine eye be thy cook i speak to thee plain soldier if thou canst love me for this take me if not to say to thee that i shall die is true but for thy love by the lord no yet I love thee too. And while thou livest, dear Kate, take a fellow of plain and uncoined constancy, for he perforce must do thee right, because he hath not the gift to woo in other places. For these fellows of infinite tongue, that can rhyme themselves into ladies' favours, they do always reason themselves out again. What, a speaker is but a praetor, a rhyme is but a ballad, A good leg will fall, a straight back will stoop, a black beard will turn white, a curled pate will grow bald, a fair face will wither, a full eye will wax hollow. But a good heart, Kate, is the sun and the moon, or rather the sun and not the moon, for it shines bright and never changes but keeps his course truly. If thou would have such a one, take me, and take me take a soldier, take a soldier, Take a king. And what sayest thou then to my love? Speak, my fair, and fairly I pray thee.
7: Is it possible that I should love the enemy of France?
4: No, it is not possible you should love the enemy of France, Kate. But in loving me you should love the friend of France. For I love France so well that I will not part with a village of it. I will have it all mine. And, Kate, when France is mine and I am yours, "'Then yours is France, and you are mine.'
7: "'I cannot tell what is that.'
4: "'No, Kate. "'I will tell thee in French, which I am sure will hang about my tongue "'like a new-married wife about her husband's neck, hardly to be shook off. "'Je compte sur la possession de France, et quand vous avez la possession de moi— "'Let me see what, then. "'Saint-Denis be my speed. "'Donc?' Votre est france et vous êtes mienne it is as easy for me kate to conquer the kingdom as to speak so much more french i shall never move thee in french unless it be to laugh at me
7: sauf votre honneur le francois que vous parlez il est meilleur que l'anglois lequel je parle
4: no faith is not kate but thy speaking of my tongue and i thine most truly falsely must needs be granted to be much at one But, Kate, dost thou understand thus much English? Canst thou love me?'
7: "'I cannot tell.'
4: "'Can any of your neighbours tell, Kate? I'll ask them. Come, I know thou lovest me. And at night, when you come into your closet, you will question this gentlewoman about me. And I know, Kate, you will to her dispraise those parts in me that you love with your heart. But, good Kate, mock me mercifully. The rather gentle princess, because I love thee cruelly. If ever thou beest mine, Kate, as I have a saving faith within me tells me thou shalt, I get thee with scambling, and thou must therefore needs prove a good soldier, breeder. Shall not thou and I, between Saint-Denis and St. George, compound a boy, half French, half English, that shall go to Constantinople and take the Turk by the beard? Shall we not? What sayest thou, my fair flower de Luce?
7: I do not know that.
4: No, tis hereafter to know, but now to promise. Do but now promise, Kate, you will endeavour for your French part of such a boy, and for my English moiety take the word of a king and a bachelor. How answer you, la plus belle Catherine du monde, mon très chere et devin déesse.
7: Your Majesty, a fausse French enough to deceive the most sage demoiselle datis en France.
4: Now fie upon my false French. "'By mine honour, in true English, I love thee, Kate. By which honour I dare not swear thou lovest me. Yet my blood begins to flatter me that thou dost, notwithstanding the poor and untempering effect of my visage. Now beshrew my father's ambition. He was thinking of civil wars when he got me. Therefore was I created with a stubborn outside, with an aspect of iron, that when I come to woo ladies I fright them. But in faith, Kate—' The elder I wax, the better I shall appear. My comfort is that old age, that ill layer up of beauty, can do no more spoil upon my face. Thou hast me, if thou hast me at the worst, and thou shalt wear me, if thou wear me, better and better. And therefore tell me, most fair Catherine, will you have me? Put off your maiden blushes, avouch the thoughts of your heart with the looks of an empress. Take me by the hand and say— Harry of England, I am thine, which word thou shalt no sooner bless mine ear withal, but I will tell thee aloud England is thine, Ireland is thine, France is thine, and Harry Plantagenet is thine. Who, though I speak it before his face, if he be not fellow with the best king, thou shalt find the best king of good fellows. Come, your answer in broken music, for thy voice is music and thy English broken. Therefore, queen of all, Catherine, break thy mind to me in broken English. Wilt thou have me?
7: That is, as it shall please the roi, mon père.
4: Nay, it will please him well, Kate. It shall please him, Kate.
7: Then it shall also content me.
4: Upon that I kiss your hand, and I call you my queen.
7: Laissez, monseigneur, laissez, laissez, ma foi. Je ne veux point que vous abaissiez votre grandeur en baisant la main d'une de votre seigneurie indigne serviteur. Excusez-moi, je vous supplie, mon très puissant seigneur.
4: Then I will kiss your lips, Kate.
7: Les dames et demoiselles, pour être baisées devant leurs noces, il n'est pas la coutume de France.
4: Madame, my interpreter, what says she?
7: That it is not be the fashion for the ladies of France. I cannot tell what is busy in English.
4: To kiss
7: your majesty entendre better que moi
4: it is not a fashion for the maids in france to kiss before they are married would she say
7: oui vraiment
4: oh kate nice customs curtsy to great kings dear kate you and i cannot be confined within the weak list of a country's fashion we are the makers of manners kate and the liberty that follows our places stops the mouth of all fine faults as i will do yours for upholding the nice fashion of your country in denying me a kiss, therefore patiently and yielding.
0: Kissing her.
4: You have witchcraft in your lips, Kate. There is more eloquence in a sugar touch of them than in the tongues of the French council, and they should sooner persuade Harry of England than a general petition of monarchs. Here comes your father.
0: Re-enter the French king and his queen, Burgundy and other lords.
3: Lord save your majesty my royal cousin teach you our princess english
4: i would have her learn my fair cousin how perfectly i love her and that is good english
3: is she not apt
4: our tongue is rough cuz and my condition is not smooth so that having neither the voice nor the heart of flattery about me i cannot so conjure up the spirit of love in her that he will appear in his true likeness
3: pardon the frankness of my mirth if i answer you for that if you would conjure in her you must make a circle if conjure up love in her in his true likeness he must appear naked and blind can you blame her then being a maid yet rosed over with the virgin crimson of modesty if she deny the appearance of a naked blind boy in her naked seeing self It were, my lord, a hard condition for a maid to consign to.
4: Yet they do wink and yield, as love is blind and enforces.
3: They are then excused, my lord, when they see not what they do.
4: Then, good my lord, teach your cousin to consent winking.
3: I will wink on her to consent, my lord, if you will teach her to know my meaning. For maids, well-summered and warm-kept, are like flies at Bartholomew-tide, blind, though they have their eyes and then they will endure a handling which before would not abide looking on.
4: This moral tides me over to time and a hot summer, and so I shall catch the fly, your cousin, in the latter end, and she must be blind too.
3: As love is, my lord, before it loves.
4: It is so, and you may, some of you, thank love for my blindness, who cannot see many a fair French city for one fair French maid that stands in my way.
5: Yes, my lord, you see them perspectively. The cities turned into a maid, for they are all girdled with maiden walls that war hath ne'er entered.
4: Shall Kate be my wife?
5: So please you.
4: I am content. So the maiden cities you talk of may wait on her. So the maid that stood in the way for my wish shall show me the way to my will.
5: We have consented to all terms of reason.
4: is so, my lords of England?
5: The king hath granted every article. His daughter first, and then in sequel all according to their firm proposed natures
4: only he hath not yet subscribed this where your majesty demands that the king of france having any occasion to write for matter of grant shall name your highness in this form and with this addition in french notre trèche fils henri roi de l'angleterre heritier de france and thus in latin pre filius noster henricus rex angliae
5: et hieres franciae Nor this I have not, brother, so denied, But our request shall make me let it pass.
4: I pray you then, in love and dear alliance, Let that one article rank with the rest, And thereupon give me your daughter.
5: Take her, fair son, and from her blood Raise up issue to me, That the contending kingdoms of France and England, Whose very shores look pale with envy Of each other's happiness, May cease their hatred, and this dear conjunction plant neighborhood and christian-like accord in their sweet bosoms that never war advance his bleeding sword twixt england and fair france Amen. Amen.
4: now welcome kate and bear me witness all that here i kiss her as my sovereign queen
6: flourish god the best maker of all marriages combine your hearts in one your realms in one As man and wife, being two, are one in love. So be there twixt your kingdom such a spousal That never may ill office or fell jealousy Which troubles oft the bed of blessed marriage Thrust in between the paction of these kingdoms To make divorce of their incorporate league That English may as French, French Englishmen, receive each other. God speak this amen. Amen. Amen.
4: Prepare we for our marriage on which day my lord of burgundy will take your oath and all the peers for surety of our leagues then shall i swear to kate and you to me and may our oaths well kept and prosperous be
0: senate Axiant. epilogue enter chorus thus far with rough and all unable pen our bending author hath pursued the story in little room confining mighty men, mangling by starts the full course of their glory. Small time, but in that small most greatly lived this star of England. Fortune made his sword, by which the world's best garden he achieved, and of it left his son, imperial lord, Henry the Sixth. In infant bands, crowned King of France and England, did this King succeed, Whose state so many had the managing, that they lost France, and made his England bleed, Which oft our stage hath shown, and for their sake, in your fair minds, let this acceptance take. Exit End of Act 5 End of Henry V By William Shakespeare